0: The Philadelphia 76ers have become the first team that went through the first round of the NBA playoffs this year after sweeping the Brooklyn Nets 4-0 at the Barclays Center on Saturday. Like one of the predictions we got right, there wasn't much suspense in this series, but it indeed took the 76ers some efforts to win it. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am your host, Li Xiang. I got to say, I am not surprised at the result of this series, but I'm kind of amazed by the resilience of the Nets. Also, I have never thought that I could actually predict any of this right. First, let's see what happened in the four games. The 76ers were the fourth slowest team in the regular season, with the league's fourth-best offensive rating and the eighth-best defensive rating. They limited the Nets' points to 92.5 per game and only allowed them to reach 100 plus once, which was in Game 1. Meanwhile, the 76ers averaged no more than 103.8 points per game and only reached 100 plus twice, including getting 102 in Game 3. Generally, the Nets were average among all 30 teams on almost every front. They did go through two blockbuster trades in the middle of the season by sending Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving away. The team didn't have much time to build coordination for their reshuffled roster, so it's quite impressive for them to have a close series like this with the 76ers. One of the Nets' biggest successes was in containing Joel Embiid, a giant monster who averaged 33.1 points during the regular season. Embiid shot 20.1 field goals per game in the regular season, but only shot 13 in the series against the Nets. Whenever he had the ball, Even outside this three-point line, at least two defenders would immediately dive to trap him tightly enough to allow only 12 assists by Embiid while forcing 15 turnovers in total. Usually this is when we think that James Harden would take charge and perform in a way that reminds you of the prime time when he won three scoring titles in a row and was named the MVP, but that's not what happened. Harden averaged only 17.3 points per game, even fewer than Embiid. There were highlights of him reigning three-pointers like he did in game one for the 76ers to win, but the moments of him being blocked or deflected to miss the shots within the three-point line were actually more memorable. Delivering 8.8 assists per game may be good for others, but not worth bragging for someone whose name is James Harden. It's true. That the Nets have excellent forward depth, including Mikhail Bridges, Dorian Finney Smith, Royce O'Neill, and an elite blocker, Nick Claxton. Both are good for containing Harden. But by watching the games, you know that most of these defensive resources are invested in shutting down Embiid. It's true that the 76ers don't have the best spacing, or a well run offensive system, or the best off-ball moving habits of their players. But it's also fair to say that Harden no longer has the explosiveness, either athletically or in scoring, to make a difference. Whoever the 76ers will meet in the Eastern Conference semifinals, the Boston Celtics or the Atlanta Hawks should keep that in mind. There is more for the 76ers opponents to remember, and that's the health concern of Embiid. He missed game four because of a right knee sprain he suffered in game three. Coach Doc Rivers said there's swelling and pain being felt, so they did an MRI on MB's knee. The following are quotations of Rivers. From my understanding, they checked his knee out right after the game because he was complaining about some soreness behind the knee, which is always a scary thing to hear about with players. There was swelling already, which is way too early, so we did the MRI. Doc said the chance for MB to be ready for the East Semifinals is probably 50% at best. Without MB, the 76ers stand no chance against the Celtics, neither are they the favorable side against the Hawks. The Celtics have even better defensive resources than the Nets to contain Harden. The Hawks have the combination of DeAndre Hunter plus Clint Capella or Nyaka Okongu to shard Harden out of the paint. Whether Embiid comes back or not, or when he will come back, the 76ers will require others to do more. The best people they should ask are Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris. Believe it or not, these are actually the top two scorers against the Nets. Maxie has a more explosive scoring ability, plays better in open games, but he is also an obvious defensive liability. Harris is more solid and at least has the size to match Jason Tatum and others in his position. Theoretically, the 76ers can assemble a squad to face either the Celtics or the Hawks instead of falling apart or giving up from the beginning. But let's face it, They need Embiid to come back, even if he is only 60 or 70% healthy. They went through a similar situation against the Miami Heat last season. Though they lost the series in the end, but they managed to tie it at two after losing the first two games, thanks to Embiid's return. The Nets will begin the offseason with a squad that has apparent advantages and flaws. They have great depth in the small forward position, both Fennis Smith and O'Neill can even switch up to number four in a small ball lineup. Bridges has already shown the potential of an all-star caliber. He was an all-defensive first-team member before joining the Nets. At least the Nets can first try to build around him. The team will need some big moves in improving their point guard and center positions. Claxton is a good finisher, a great blocker, but he is too thin to survive in front of Embiid or Giannis. Spencer Dinwiddie is good for a playmaker off the bench, but not so much as the second in command or the starting point guard for a competitive team. The Nets have 12 first round picks and 11 second round picks until 2029, thanks to the trees of Irving and Durant. It's crazy to assume that they will use them all for themselves. Bridges is worth way too much than his contract, which still has three years left for less than $70 million. Finnis Smith is also one of the best for his type. It will take some time for the Nets to reach or decide not to reach extensions with Seth Curry or Utah Watanabe this summer. But the most uphill battle is to get rid of Ben Simmons and his toxic contract that still has two years left for over $78 million. And I think that's all for today. Thank you for listening. Please let us know what you think of the topic under this post by CGT Sports on Twitter. Probably I will be talking to you guys very soon next week. See ya.